The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey everybody, welcome back to Afternoons with Mike here on The Shepherd. This is being pre-recorded and obviously playing back on this day when we're all watching and waiting for all that's going to happen with Hurricane Ian. And uh, we're praying and believing for the best. And that's what we have to do. On the line with me today, somebody that uh, by the time this airs is uh, safely out in a different part of the country. Although today, as I'm talking to Howard Partridge, he is uh, in Destin. That's a beautiful area. Welcome to my program, Howard. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, I know that uh, you're going to be back in Orlando in just two weeks for the uh, U.S. Christian Chamber's big expo that is happening out there, and you're one of the speakers. I'm so excited about it. I'm 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 really thrilled to be there and to share on leadership and to encourage the folks that are there. So uh, come on down. It's going to be a great time. You know, to get to where you are, where you're considered to be an expert in business, and you speak at these kind of uh, events, you coach businesses one-on-one, you just don't get to doing that overnight. Tell me a little bit about your path, how you came to know the Lord, what part of the country you grew up in, and what made you want to do what you're doing? Well, Mike, I'm originally from L.A., uh, Lower Alabama, (laughs) And my wife doesn't laugh at my jokes either, so it's okay. (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) I thought for a minute. I was just getting ready to say, I'm sorry to hear that you're from California. but (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I actually grew up on welfare in Mobile, Alabama. There were seven kids crammed in a little 600-square-foot shack, and the roof on that house was so bad that Every time it rained, we had to get out all the pots and pans to catch the leaks. My mother fed us on $100 a month from the welfare department. I don't care when that was. It just wasn't a lot of money. Well, when I was uh, almost 18 years old, I just barely graduated high school. I got kicked out of the house by my stepdad. I was a wild teenager. I deserved it. I didn't have any money. Scraped up $39.95 for a Greyhound bus ticket to Houston, Texas. Arrived there with 25 cents in my pocket to live with my real dad that I'd only met twice in my whole life. Wow. I became a waiter and I worked in these really high end restaurants doing tableside cooking, steak, Diane, bananas, foster, Terry's Julie, things like that. And as I was waiting for each table to leave every night, I, I, I always wanted to have my own business. I just didn't feel like I made enough money to start a business. And then I met my wife, Denise Conjet Antoinette Pinella. Now that's, Italian. She's from New Jersey. I'm from lower Alabama. This is going to be a good match. So we go to, uh, to New Jersey to get married into my wife's Italian family. And, uh, when you marry an Italian family, you don't get wedding presents. You get cash. We got $3,000 cash from weddings from what, from our relatives for our wedding. Uh, when they go to weddings, they, they, they just give cash. They don't, you know, do like, yeah, like, that's, yeah. that's not a bad gift at all. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Uh, the most money we ever had, we were poor. And oh, wow. That was a, yeah, there was a friend of the family, same age as me, 23 at the time, and he was tooling around a little red Mercedes convertible. That got my attention. I said, I want to know if that guy, I want to know if it's legal. Well, he, uh, he had his own business. And so as soon as I got back from my honeymoon, I started my first business out of the trunk of my car with that $3,000. And um, three years later, that was 1984. And in December of 1987, God invaded my life. Now I went to church when I was a kid, only because I had to. Mm -hmm. And I probably would have told you that, you know, I was a believer, but I wasn't walking with Christ. I wasn't saved. And God just came out of nowhere and saved me in December of 1987. And I've been walking with him since then. 
And uh, so on that, if I can interrupt just for a second, I'd like to linger just a little bit on such an interruption is what God did for you. What what kind of can you fill us in on the details of that interruption? It came out of nowhere. I don't I it was just it was almost like the Apostle Paul being knocked off of his horse. It was almost like you have to change or else. And there were a number of miracles involved along the way, but God just grabbed my heart and 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 wouldn't let me go. And uh, I knew what I had to do. And finally, I gave my heart over to the Lord. And and just immediately, I had my mind back. I had uh, clarity again. I had uh, energy again. Mm. And uh, it's just been a a wonderful several decades of knowing the Lord. Obviously, you know, you still have trouble in life, even when you know God, but now you have someone to help you with everything, you know? That is a big thing, isn't it? Especially to a young man. Now that, that was, uh, I believe an unusual use of the, of that $3,000. I think most people, when they get the three grand at the age where you were just married, why I'm sure you could have been tempted to spend that money on other things than investing in a business, right? Uh, you mean like spending it? Like spending it. <laughs> exactly. I wanted to, Mike, I wanted to stay married. <laughs> That's good, man. I just think that is a rare thing. You don't see that kind of uh, investment mindset in a lot of young people. So that was already a good sign for you. And I think it should have been a good sign to your wife, too. She thought, hey, I've got a guy here that is going to be responsible, and he's thinking ahead. That's that's an outstanding thing. Well, that's the way it started out. But once I started making my own, quote-unquote, own money with my business, not so much. Okay. I, I got myself in a lot of debt. I had a great company. I still own that company today. I, that that company that I started in Houston will be 38 years old, November 2nd. And uh, I went through a period where I wasn't faithful with my finances. I I became a slave to that business. I didn't have systems. It, it ran me. It, it, I worked 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And then in 1997, about 10 years after I, I came to know the Lord, I started learning about business systems, and I transformed that business by implementing systems in that business. I transformed that business into what I now call today a predictable, profitable, turnkey operation. So I have a great staff, great systems in place, so I don't have to be there. And 25 years ago, people wanted to know how I was doing what I was doing. And so I got into coaching and training space and started training people on, on our systems. And today we coach in over a hundred different industries in 20 different countries. Uh, our company is the exclusive small business coaching company for the Zig Ziglar corporation. Mm-hmm. Or Mr. Ziglar's passed away now. So everything we do is based on his philosophy of you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what it is that they want. Of course, when he was here with us on earth, I used to tease him about that quote because I say, you know, you stole that from Jesus because Jesus said, give and it'll be given back to you, pressed down, shaking together and running over. And he just laughed and say, well, I know him personally, so that'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I never met Zig, but I watched a lot of his videos and he was on the, he had a lot of appearances on radio shows that I was a part of uh, as yeah. well. So, yeah, I got to hear a lot of his. Uh, he was a very humorous individual. He, oh, he, cer- he, he certainly was. Uh, one of the last times I saw him alive, he had um, he had fallen down the stairs and had short term memory issues. And and I ran into him in the men's room at the Ziegler offices, and uh, we got to chatting, you know, as we we're walking out of the restroom and in the hallway and everything. And, and he said, now, let me tell you something. He said, if you ever get discouraged, just remember one thing, that at one time, Moses himself was a basket case. And that's the truth. That's, the fact. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Floating through the bulrushes. <laughs> that is for sure. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that is a great one. He was one. a character. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of basket cases out in the world today, but I don't oh, think yeah. they're quite the same as what Zig had in mind, right? No. 
Uh, it's nuts. Well, man, that is, you, you've, it's like you've gone through cycles in your life. You learn this, and then 10 years later, another big piece of the puzzle uh, is given to you, and you turn that business around into something. I, I, when you said that while ago about your predictable nature of that company, I thought of uh, a line from the movie You've Got Mail. It's one of my favorite lines when Tom Hanks looked at uh, his his partner and he goes, I'm sure you've got plenty to do. And he goes, not really. This is a well-oiled machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. A well-oiled exactly. machine. That's what you were running then after you made those changes, right? Right. And that's what we help people do today. So many business owners, they go into business because they have a dream. They, they want to make more money, but really they want to be their own boss, chart their, their own course, have a little more free time. The brutal reality of most small business owners lives is they feel like a slave to that business. Very little family time. Business consumes their mind 24 seven, major stress, no real freedom. They feel like they have a job instead of a business and their day is consumed putting out brush fires. And they have no time left for family and faith and the freedom that they went into business for to start with. So we help them unpack that through systems, leadership, and team building. Now, without all of that, it isn't, wouldn't you agree with this? It's an almost sure bet that people who enter owning their own business, thinking they're going to be their own boss and they'll have plenty of free time, uh, it's more times than not that they get caught up into that work cycle that you were mentioning 24-7 around the clock. Isn't that pretty much a normal thing that happens to people without a without a plan? It is normal, and most people don't know how to get out of it. Even if they, even if they know um, consciously how to work out of it, they need someone, they need a community, they need a coach, they need someone to help them walk out of that situation. And I was just on the phone with a, a wonderful young couple down there in, in Bradenton, actually not too far from where you guys are. And um, they started with us 10 years ago. They had done $65,000 the entire year. It was October and uh, they've turned that thing around. They do over a hundred thousand dollars a month. And now they've had six or seven offers on their business for uh, a million six is the top one. And the business broker told them, she said, I have never seen a small business as systematized, as organized, as uh, clean of a set of books as you have in my entire career. Mm. And that's why they were able to get, they're able to get top dollars. So now they're going to sell and they're going to go and do something else. And they can find that that gives them the freedom that gives them the capital to do something else. And yep. it, it really is a wonderful principle about uh, investing. I think of, uh, you know, the, the, the Bible stories about the talents that were given and the person yes. that made the most with what he was given was rewarded the most. And yes. that too seems to be a principle, just like you were talking about with Zig while ago, that seems to be something that is there that uh, if we are faithful with with a little, God blesses us with much, and then we turn around, the person that does the most is going to get the biggest part of the pie. That That is the way it is. Yes. Yes, absolutely. How did you miss out? How did you and your wife survive when uh, you were in that kind of uh, the downward spiral, let's say, of owning your own business and just becoming a slave to it. What would you look back at your life and say, uh, here's why we survived that? Well, we both uh, have a phenomenal work ethic, whatever it takes attitude. The problem is, is that I was working hard because I wasn't working smart. And, mm. uh, you know, back then I was a little bit of a slow learner. I just didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want the pain of discipline. So I had the, the pain of disappointment. Wow. <laughs> so I realized that the pain of short-term discipline is a whole lot more um, appealing than the long-term 
pain of, of disappointment and regret. So I mm-hmm. just, I just decided, I just made my decision that I am not going to be in debt anymore. And I got a hold of the financial part. I got a hold of the leadership part. And I said, I'm going to, and, and I got debt free. My, I got completely debt free. And, 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 you know, the thing is, is that we, we, scripture says, owe nothing to anybody. Right. And there's a lot to be said about the financial side of a business. And the thing is, is that he doesn't want us to be broken in debt. He doesn't want us to be overcome by financial problems. And that my life became, how do I make the payments this month? That's not a phenomenal life. Mm. That's not what God wants. So I just had a decision to make and, and thank God I made that decision. Yeah, that uh, what you just described, though, is the way a lot of people live. And uh, it is like from one paycheck to the next, uh, finding out. And one of the things that you avoided, you got out. I'm interested to know exactly what system you use to do it. But one of the biggest killers uh, to not only marriages, but also business owners is this thing of debt. It's when you get behind in that... uh, that debt begins to snowball on you. You've got to, you got to get out of that. How did you get out? I got out through a coach. I, I had a coach before, but I wouldn't listen to my coach. I didn't want the pain of discipline. So, uh, God sent along, um, a lady who, uh, across my path, who had a system for us to follow. We were willing to follow it. And it turns out that we just weren't charging enough. And if you, if you're not willing to charge enough for the service that you provide and it costs you more than you sell it for, well, you're going to go deeper and deeper in debt. Mm. And also she helped me to make the commitment. So not only did I have the tracking system, but I had the support and, um, and, and the commitments to be profitable every single month. And that's what I've found through coaching other small business owners is that, it's not that people don't know what to do. It's not even that they don't know how to do it in many cases. It's just that for one reason or another, we don't do it. I wrote a whole book on that called FTI, Failure to Implement, mm-hmm. the number one reason people don't reach their biggest dreams and goals. So people change either through desperation or inspiration. I was desperate. I was almost out of moves, and I had to do something. And then once I saw what is actually possible, then I became inspired. And so that's what we do is we help people move from wherever they are to start getting some traction where they can finally see what's possible. This little couple that I was talking about a while ago, mm-hmm. uh, do you think that 10 years ago when they had done $65,000 for the entire year, if I had told them that day that one of these days you're gonna sell your business for over a million dollars, you're going to have over a million dollars left over after fees and taxes. Mm. What do you think they would have said to me? They would have said you're crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way it is. Howard yeah. Partridge is my guest. We're up against a break, Howard. We'll be back with him in a moment. And uh, we'd ask you to hang around because there's more to come right here on Afternoons with Mike. Are you looking for the right franchise to open your own business? Green Flag Franchise has the experience and knowledge to help match your business plan with your goals and values. Is your business ready to become a franchise? Green Flag Franchise will help you explore the potential and benefits of franchising your existing company. For a free consultation and coaching, visit GreenFlagFranchise.com. That's GreenFlagFranchise.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Turning 65 or already on Medicare? Have you tried to compare Medicare supplement plans? Are you sick and tired of the awful TV commercials where washed-up football players confuse you even more? 
Speak with a licensed independent insurance agent today. Call 407-965-4166 now or visit Affordable One Insurance in Winter Park, Florida and discuss what is important for you. Be sure to ask us about dedicated senior medical centers. On the line with me today, Howard Partridge, who is a certified business coach, a trainer, an author. I don't know how many books you've written, but I see a lot of titles here, my man. How many have you written? Well, I've written 12 books. Wow. Yeah, 12 published books. Now, this brings up a question. This is, uh, you're a busy guy. You're not only uh, a business owner yourself, uh, you're running, uh, I don't even know, uh, you mentioned, uh, I, I think, uh, I've heard enough from you already that lets me know that you you aren't just doing this as a coach. You've got another business as well, correct? Did I understand that right? Right. So my I have a service company in Houston that uh, I've had 33 team members over there, but that business is turnkey. I don't work in it. I don't, I don't have a job there. I go and hug my people and tell them how much I love them. (laughs) But yeah, you're the owner of that business. And I know that you keep up with it to some degree that how, how do you do it? How do the busy people stay in a state, which I perceive that you are a state where they are enjoying it? People and processes. So my other business is my coaching company. And as I mentioned to you, we coach in over a hundred different industries in 20 different countries. So obviously I have a team. I write every day. I love to write. And that's how I've written so many books. Most of the books that I've written are for really for my, my audience. It, It wasn't to, you know, try to be a best-selling author or anything like that, but it was really for my audience. This latest book that I wrote that I think we're going to talk about today and that I'll present on at the expo, my publisher act actually asked me to write it. It wasn't even my idea. It wasn't even something that I even thought about doing. And that's the Monday but Morning Christian, right? The Monday Morning Christian, mm-hmm. yeah. And And so the way that we do it and the way that we teach other people to do it is to first develop systems, uh, then put people into place to run those processes. Then you move someone up to management and then you move them up to director. And once you get someone in the director spot and they, they can run that business for you. So the idea the goal all along with many people that coach with us is to get their business turnkey. So first you have to have systems, then you have to have leadership, then you have to have a team. Now, we know that there are some restaurants, for example. I think of uh, successful chains like Chick-fil-A, and that's kind of what they've done. Is that not the truth? They've learned uh, a system, and they've developed a system that is able to be replicated city after city, and uh, it's usually pretty consistent. Would that be accurate? Absolutely. There's three things that are required and they do these three things better than anybody else as well as anybody else. And that is you need leadership because everything rises and falls on leadership. You need the right people that are willing to do it the way that is prescribed to do it. And then you need the system and they have all three uh, big time. They really do. And it's always amazing to me when I see a system that is so well run, that is so busy. And yet when you pull into a Chick-fil-A, if you were to go into just about any other business that I can think of, I don't care whether it's a restaurant, a hardware store. And if you were to see the amount of people lined up in their drive through line, you would think, man, I'm going to be here two hours and you may well be there two hours. Not at Chick-fil-A. That system thing really works. Absolutely. Curbside service is my fave. (laughs) I know. I mean, they've got the people standing out there in all sorts of weather uh, ready to do that and ready to to make that a a fast turn. So that's something that I'm just always amazed at when I look at that. Now, your company, you use the word phenomenal in your, uh, in your business a lot. Explain the genesis of that in your company, why you look at it uh, as being a a part of the fabric 
of what you do? My nephew and I were brainstorming business names when I first started this 25 years ago. And I was uh, selling products at the time, manuals. I'd written some manuals, some training manuals and recorded some CDs and DVDs and things like that. So I was thinking products. Well, I started doing a lot more training and I started doing coaching and my mentor, the wisest man that I know came to my conference and he spoke to my group and he said, Howard's products are phenomenal, but I'm here to tell you that you are the phenomenal product created to be phenomenal, to do phenomenal things and to have a phenomenal life. And, uh, that just stuck. And so now that we, now the way we look at this is that, you know, everything God makes is phenomenal, but especially human beings, because we were made in his image. Right. So we have what I call the phenomenal talk. Uh, as I go around the country, I have the phenomenal talk with as many people as I possibly can. I just ask them their name. How are you doing today? And, and they say, how are you doing? I say, phenomenal. I said, did you know that you're phenomenal? They say, oh, really? Why is that? Said, well, or I ask them, do you know why? Because God created you. And so it, it opens up an opportunity for the gospel many times. And at minimum, I get better service than anybody else does. <laughs> <laughs> That's really true, I'm sure. Because everyone, I believe, not only benefits from encouragement and yeah. affirmation, but they enjoy it. I mean, it's it's like the yes. cherry on top of a Sunday, right? Yes, yes. I was in Houston Intercontinental Airport the other day, had the phenomenal talk with a young lady there at uh, this uh, restaurant, this, you know, to go. And, and um, she said, you know, you told me that about four months ago. And she said, you even gave me a bracelet. And I said, you mean like this one right here? And so I have these little I am phenomenal bracelets that I carry with me and give to people. Wow. Now, you've already mentioned knowing and working with in the past with Zig Ziglar while he was uh, still with us. But there are a couple of other people that you are endorsed by and one that you've been mentored by that are equally well-known names. One was Dave Ramsey, who endorsed you. And I'm thinking that's a pretty good endorsement to have uh, a guy like that that is known and helps so many people get out of debt and stay out of debt. But then you were also mentored by, and now you've become one of the team members that are endorsed by John Maxwell. Yes. I happened to be sponsoring an event when, an event when John Maxwell had, um, when he released his, his certification program. So I got to be the very first one because I just, happened to be there that night. And as soon as they offered it, I pulled out my credit card and I've learned so much about leadership from John Maxwell. I'm going to talk a lot about that at the expo. Uh, Dave, I don't know as well. I met him through Ziegler, but he has endorsed uh, two of my books, including this new one, the Monday morning Christian, which I was very grateful for. And I love what he does because debt is not only dumb, as he says, it's destructive. Mm. It causes so many problems. It really does. You know, as a pastor of 36 years, I can tell you the two things that most couples would part ways over uh, of the two things. One of them would be just uh, the relationship, both sexually and and, uh, just the, the relating part of mm-hmm. of a relationship and then the other part is financial problems that are usually yeah. brought on by becoming just hopelessly un- in a hole in debt yeah and you know the 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 frustrating part about it is that it doesn't have to be that way i for one wish that more people especially believers would understand that they don't have to be in debt What drives me nuts, and I hope this is not too strong, but uh, this is part of what my newest book is about, is that people don't want to make money or work harder to make extra money because, oh, money, the love of money and all this. But yet they're going out to dinner on a credit card that they can't pay. Mm. How about what if you worked harder and worked smarter and there's all kinds of ways like 
thinking about Dave Ramsey's plan where people are doing whatever they have to do on side jobs to pay down their debt. They're, mm -hmm. If you have to eat out of a uh, beans out of a can for a, a period of time, you can, you can, as Dave likes to say, he says, uh, if you live for just a little while, like no one else will, you can live the rest of your life. Like no one else can. That's right. That's right. That, that, uh, long range kind of, uh, vision uh, is it's just lost on a lot of our culture today. Yeah. The whole thing of even saving for something is almost impossible. You know, I had a, uh, I, I've never forgotten this, uh, Howard. It was, a. Uh, it was a situation where I was standing at a CVS years ago and I was getting ready to pay for it. And I pay my credit cards off every month. I find it to be helpful. There are a lot of times uh, there's some people who won't own a credit card. I get it. I'm not uh, saying you have to, but if you manage it correctly, it's a, it's a blessing. But this young lady saw that I had an American express card at that point, And she goes, wow. And I thought, wow. I looked at her. I thought, "What? What? Why did you say this?" She goes, "You've got an uh, an American Express card. But if I had that, I wouldn't. I would be able to buy anything I want." And I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Not if you yeah. really understood what was going to come within 30 days. You wouldn't do that. But that is the yeah. concept. That if you have that, and you know, and I saw another uh, illustration that just used to drive me crazy, and this was on uh, t uh, on radio and TV commercials. There was uh, a person who was talking about uh, being just so poorly in debt, and the whole commercial was over one of these debt consolidation companies, where you put all your debts together into one low monthly payment. And the the guy who was was handed that news in the commercial said, "Now I can have whatever I want." And right. They haven't right. learned one little thing, have they? No, no. I tell you what, I'd give that uh, that lady my American Express Platinum card that I had many years ago. That had forty thousand dollars a limit, uh, forty thousand dollar balance that I couldn't pay. Oh, wow. And I called American Express and I said, look, this payment's due tomorrow. I can't make it. And, and they said, oh, yes, you will. And I said, well, I don't know if you're a believer or not. But we could pray for a miracle. I'll hope for a miracle. I hope you will, too. But um, unless a miracle happens, I'm not going to be able to pay this tomorrow. Well, sure enough, the miracle didn't happen. Actually, a miracle did happen. I called up there and they figured out a way to finance that $40,000 for something like 29% interest. Wow. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, that's a real great answer. That'll take you the rest of your life to yeah. pay off that $40,000. So, yeah. So I made all the mistakes and, and, you know, the whole idea of uh, money is a tricky subject in the, the Christian uh, world, of course. And what you have to understand is that money is a tool uh, Jesus didn't own anything, but there was money involved in the mission. And a business, the actual fuel of a business is income. And more uh, more importantly, profits. If your business doesn't make a profit, then you're gonna you're gonna have to fund that business yourself. You're not gonna be able to hire the people that you want. You're not right. gonna be able to get the, the equipment that you need. You you have to have income. And so one of the things I do in this book and one of the things I'll touch on at the at the expo is what does success look like for a believer? What does success look like for a believer in business? Mm -hmm. Is there a difference? Hmm. That's an interesting concept. And, you know, there's yeah. a lot of uh, what the Christian chamber around here in Orlando and as it is growing in the U.S. Christian Chamber, they're kind of approaching business from the standpoint of ministry marketplace, marketplace yes. ministry. So basically, yes. you're you're really seeing that the life that we live for the Lord should be lived out daily in the marketplace. Absolutely. And on the subject of money, if you're in debt and you can barely pay your bills as a business owner, how are you going to help other people? I mean, how wonderful is it 
that when someone in the body of Christ has a need that you're prosperous, therefore you can give out of those proceeds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've uh, found that it is so true that when you get out of debt, everything that you do becomes easier in your heart. It's not weighing on you. You don't have the same level of burden. Uh, You rest better. I, I sleep better. I'm yep. grateful for it, and it's been something that I wasted a lot of years of my life, man, uh, really yep. just kind of yep. barely making it, you know, doing those kind of phone calls, calling up for mercy and, and, and hoping for a miracle and not getting a miracle. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest traps, before we take another break, one of the biggest yep. traps about debt is is this credit card debt, and that is the fact that people do not realize that what you were saying while ago is not far from what any credit card will actually charge. It's it's upwards to 30% in interest, at least 20% in interest. If people, yeah, if people had any idea, if they would take a moment and just sit down and see how much money they're paying out in interest, I think it would blow their mind. And what happens is when you're on this credit card thing, you're, you're paying this uh, this type of interest that is just growing every time. So next month now, the, the level of interest that you did not pay last month is rolled over and it looks like principal now because it's in the debt. It's in the, it's in the unpaid balance. And now you owe not only interest on last month's account, but you uh, amount, but now you owe interest on what was left over then plus this month's worth. And it, you're right. right. If people make the minimum payments, they're never going to get out of debt. Right. When I was in that terrible situation, my focus was on making the monthly payments. I had no idea how much I was paying in interest and how much it could help me. And here's the thing I want people to know, especially business owners everybody, but especially business owners, there is a way out when you, your business can be much more prosperous than you could ever imagine that it could be with just a simple, some simple changes. That's what Mm -hmm. I want business owners to know. Wow. We're going to be getting more into this uh, about your new book as well. When we come back, I have with me today, Howard Partridge, and uh, we'll be right back after this. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. If you've considered the natural beauty of a wood floor, then go with a winner. Ability Wood Flooring has been a trusted source and family-owned and operated since 1950. Ability Wood Flooring is voted best of the best and are featured on A&E's Zombie House Flipping. Ability proudly works with Florida's top builders, winning many awards in the Parade of Homes. Get a free design consultation today. AbilityWoodFlooring.com So much fun to talk to a guy who is not only a wise man from a standpoint of business. Operate that business on the principles of God. My goodness, the sky opens up, right? Yes. The wisdom of God will help us with our business more than I think many people imagine. God's way is still the best way, always will be the best way. But I think that most people just don't know how to walk in that. They don't. And, you know, we were talking about uh, uh, people who like what maybe have happened to you when you were first uh, married. Uh, There's a nominal sense to their walk with God. They may even go to a Sunday morning service, but when that service is over, uh, so functionally is their observance of God's law, God's word, God's principles when you write this book called The Monday Morning Christian, tell us what the difference would be in a Sunday morning Christian and a Monday morning one. 
Well, as I mentioned before in the broadcast, my publisher actually asked me to write this book. And this book is completed, it's published, it's available, and we'll have copies of it at the expo. And when he asked me if I would write it, obviously I was honored, I was humbled, and I said, well, let me let me look at it. And I started working on the framework, and it literally my, just started pouring out of me. And um, I realized that there's a similar path for a believer from salvation to maturity as there is for a leader in business. And so I started working with this uh, framework and the, I came up with the, the, the difference between a, there's a, the difference between a Sunday morning Christian and a Monday morning Christian is there's actually two types of Sunday morning Christians. The, the one type is, yeah, I go to church, but I don't really understand my faith. I don't understand. I don't understand at all. I, I, I'm saved, so I check off the box. And and uh, but I'm weak. I, I don't. I don't. I, I'm not like those other Christian people. I I I don't have any power, so to speak. I I, you know, I don't know the Bible and all these kinds of mm-hmm. things. And the sad thing is, is that if people like that understood that not only can they have eternal life, eternal salvation, but they can also have an abundant life while they're here on this earth and understand that God has a plan and a purpose for you and that the Holy Spirit is inside of you and wants to live through you. It's a powerful thing. The second uh, type of Sunday morning Christian, unfortunately, is the religious person, the mm. person maybe they're really excited about being saved. Maybe they're 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 overly religious and and feel like they have to do a lot of works and 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 they look good on Sunday morning, smell good, they 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 sound good, uh, and lot, use a lot of these and nows and and all these kinds of things, but there's their walk doesn't match up with that. And that's what happened to me. I I was so excited when I came to know the Lord. I mean, it literally it it just lifted a weight off of my shoulder, and I was so excited. It was like I found this new pot of gold, and I wanted everybody. I mean, my motive was was pure. I wanted other people to to know and find what I found, and so I would show up at a business lunch that someone I'd never met before. And I got my big, fat, large print Bible, and I couldn't wait for that conversation to turn toward Jesus so I could show him this passage and that passage. And, you know, and, I, and I, even my wife, I mean, she grew up Catholic, and and, and I told her, you know, you got to have a, a saving knowledge of Christ, and you got to get saved. And I'd read the Bible to her and follow around the house. You have to know my wife. But finally, she turned to me, and she said, Howard, uh, look. I might be Catholic and stupid, but I do know one thing, that Jesus was a single man. And if you want to be like him and live like him, that can be arranged. Mm. (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard that one before. (laughs) I immediately thought of something I heard one time that, okay, preach the gospel, if necessary, use words. Yes, right. right. (laughs) My mentor, because, I mean, I would preach at anything anything, anybody, anything that moved. And my, uh, thank goodness for my mentor, because he said, Howard, look, you got the greatest message in the world. I mean, there's no greater message than the salvation message, right? That's right. But your delivery, your delivery needs some work. Yep. Yep. So then, then I began to understand that as we mature in Christ, uh, we have a consistent walk because we understand our salvation. Uh, we understand that that the Holy Spirit is inside of us, and it's it's actually Christ who lives through us. And there's a process of walking by the Spirit, which is how do you become a consistent believer is allow God to live through you. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Obviously, everybody sins and some to a greater degree than others, I'm sure, probably. But the thing is, is that what happens when you understand your identity in Christ, 
you understand that you've been saved, you've been set free, you've been redeemed, you've been transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light, that you've literally been transformed into a new creature, that mm. the old has passed away, you've been forgiven, you're filled with you could be filled with the Holy Spirit, you can you can activate the Holy Spirit any time of the day or night that God is in you. Wow. Mm. And so then comes the second part of it is the sanctification part. The sanctification part. When, because the battle, as Paul talked about in Romans 7, the battle within, the mind, the will, and the emotion, uh, the mind and the emotion are battling and will stand in there saying, okay, well, when y'all are done, I'll do something or not do something. And it's a matter of allowing the Holy Spirit to sanctify us and we have a more consistent walk. So in the book and in the training, uh, we go from success to, uh, I'm sorry, from, uh, from salvation to sanctification to success. What does success look like? A mature walk in Christ. And then significance is, is that mm. as you've walked with God and you've walked with Christ for for a number of years, uh, then, and you've given out and you, you've allowed him to work through you personally and professionally, you're going to leave a legacy of significance. What do you see yeah. as the number one problem with Christians who are in business, their owners? What is it that they are doing that's putting them kind of in the same place of failure that people who aren't of faith find and experience? Well, there's one international language that everybody understands, and that is love. That is love. The problem is, is that just like we don't understand who we are in Christ, we don't understand our position. So we, le le we live and lead out of our condition rather than our position. That affects our leadership, and we get clues from the world mm -hmm. that— uh, corporate America, this is how you manage. This is how you lead. Well, uh, corporate America has 70% uh, of American workers are disengaged. 18% are actively disengaged, which means that they hate their job. Listen, I was a terrible leader, and I was a Christian. I didn't understand leadership. And, you know, you can really lean toward the law. You can get real legalistic. Mm-hmm. As an old preacher said one time, you know, there's this whole idea of, of telling the truth and love. And he says, you know, the truth without love is brutal. But love or, or truth without love is uh, a love without truth is sentimental. Mm -hmm. So truth without love is brutal. And that's what I was doing. Just do what I say to do. And we never have been trained on leadership. I learned so much from my years with John Maxwell and leadership. And so we go from our identity in Christ, our identity as a leader, uh, what a leader does, uh, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And we learn to, to, to lead with love. And because of that, and we get our insights, the book of Proverbs is full of wisdom for the Christian business owner. It really and is. Then, and then as a result of living that, then you have a tremendous impact in people's lives. Hmm. You know, the amazing thing is, is that small business can have more impact in people's lives than just about any other, you know, institution. Now the media, unfortunately has so much, uh, power and control only because we let the media mold our mind. If we would shut that off and get into God's word and love other people, people are starving. The fact that they'll, they'll, as I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, just that little bit of encouragement of having the phenomenal talk with them, that nobody even stopped to say hello, much less had some kind of talk like that with them. Mm-hmm. Imagine if every day when they came into work that there was an environment, a loving, godly environment that they 
got to work in. And that's why you have people like Karen who are, you know, or how I have people like Karen who just want to volunteer because they believe in what we're doing so much. So as leaders, we have to lead. My, my personal definition of leadership is that leadership is effectively communicating your vision. Effectively communicating is, is the challenge, mm-hmm. right? Because you have different personality styles, you got different uh, values that people come in with. People have to be developed and they have to be developed according to the, uh, the vision that you have, the mission, the values, the purpose. This is uh, who we are as a team. This is where we're going. This is why we're going there. Mm-hmm. And so we have to, Chick-fil-A didn't just uh, get a bunch of 17-year-olds to show up and, and voila. No, they have leadership training. As Dan Cathy uh, told Tom Ziegler and I, uh, in person one time in a small group that we had together, we were doing some legacy videos for Zig. And he said, we take a uh, 17-year-old um, teenagers and we treat we teach them how to treat other people and say, my pleasure, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. Mm-hmm. And we turn them into um, leaders, leadership wow. training. And they've and done it. Just, yeah, is most, even someone who's a godly person, if if we haven't been trained in business, we haven't been trained in leadership, then uh, we're not going to be as effective as we could. And as a believer, I changed the subtitle of this book. My publisher called it The Monday Morning Christian, How to Live Out Your Faith at, at Work. And I changed it to how living out your faith and business leads to phenomenal success. I would like for everybody on this broadcast, first of all, go to Amazon, get the book, The Monday Morning Christian, The Monday Morning Christian, How Living Out Your Faith and Business Leads to Phenomenal Success. You will love it. And then go to the the themondaymorningchristian.com, log in there, put your your receipt in there, and we're going to send you a bunch of training. We're going to send you some... Uh, training to help you get stronger in your faith that work. Be a stronger Monday morning Christian and Monday morning Christian leader. Oh, great. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Howard Partridge, my guest today. Friends, stay safe. We'll see you next time on Afternoons with Mike.